Today's chat is brought to you by the support of all our Twitch subscribers. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through the Twitch platform, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a subscriber of the FFC and gaining access to some exclusive features over in the Discord server, please be sure to visit our Twitch account and click on the subscribe button. If you're an Amazon Prime member, remember that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribers, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes, We need to focus that search, focus that fire. And so we come together. Join us. Join the discussion. Welcome to Focused Fire Chat. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on October 25th, 2019, over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. As always, I want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. This week's episodes are going to be focused around exploring the Inquisition of the Damned lore book. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the intro session of the week's exploration. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who all we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 And this is the OSHA representative contacting Ikora Ray, telling her that her workers really need <laughs> to put on some goggles. <laughs> I goggles. I, I, eye goggles just put on some goggles like there is so much wrong with going they have been doing that for five years now and they are fine (laughs) there's no there's no like uh, tethers yeah exactly there's no tethers there's no tethers Like, there's nothing holding them to these beams they're on like eye beams out there like i got safety harnesses right like there's just rely on some titan to skate down grab them and drop them off safely or a warlock better yet maybe i don't know it's just because we can floof titans plummet after they break their falls for two seconds that's true that's true but no this is green eyed music lover telling ikora that she needs to fix that (laughs) and last but definitely not least in the hot seat as guest co-host we have our good friend admiral breezy breezy how are you doing i'm doing wonderfully talking to you chaps Yes, that's a good night indeed absolutely so usual introductory question where can we find you out on the internet uh first and foremost is my twitter my twitter handle is at the up sexy exactly as it sounds t-h-e-u-p-s-e-x-y i made that a handle when i thought i was funny about a decade ago (laughs) and it's stayed ever since otherwise uh you can find me actually on youtube i have a seven subscriber youtube channel that has no attention but you can also find me on the halo collective youtube channel i contribute to content on there on occasion so those are the best places to get in touch with me and if you're a halo fan sorry to say but we're we're kind of not doing stuff on that channel because we're waiting for halo infinite right but we got a new project coming up soon so we'll keep Mm. our gaming interests alive looking forward to that come december or so perfect speaking of that can you is there is it super secret or can you go into the new project that you guys are working on or like tease it a little bit for us 
I don't know if there are any Hello Collector fans here. We have four thousand subscribers, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tease it. We're gonna be launching a general gaming channel come mm-hmm. I think December, so that we can contribute like you know games that aren't just Halo because we're playing a lot of different stuff. Only one of our members actually plays Halo Five consistently. I feel bad for the guy. I love him to death, but dude, Max, just let it go. Halo Five's dead. <laughs> you don't need to reach Max rank. That's okay. <laughs> But okay, you do, you do. I'm, you got I'm the at... Timmy helmet. Let it oh, go. Oh, okay. Well, if you got the, okay, never mind. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, it's like getting to Her- Inheritor on Halo Reach and then going into Griff Ball and ruining everyone's day. Who's trying to get to Inheritor? <laughs> absolute. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking Anyways. of Ashley, absolute with Halo, Blue drags me in there to help. Hey, listen, lower Super his Fia. Rank so he has easier. <laughs> No, it's you and Ben. You and Ben drag me in there when it comes to ranking. Oh, yeah, I am, like, yeah. Level six. Hey, listen. In Halo. If it works. It's actually good to hear that other people play Halo still on the side. I got to get in there and do my 10 matches of infection before October is up so I can get this uh, infection oh, yeah. emblem or nameplate. Yeah, yeah nameplate, the nameplate. Name yeah, I need, to, ah. I need to finish doing that one. Honestly, as soon as Reach drops on MCC and it comes to PC... Oh, dude, I'm going to play Destiny a whole lot less. Hey, Reach on PC is what I live for right now. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. But Reach was my favorite. Reach? I, th- yeah. I want to say that ODST was my very first one, but then I played Reach after that. I went backwards. It was a bang or two in its own right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I know Green has, has a lot of fun questions. I'm actually usually... going to kind of deter from the normal question i want to know what your thoughts are since you're since you're a halo guy what are your thoughts on the twab this week when it comes to the new game type coming out uh with the what is it called the, the may not mayhem it's a uh, momentum. momentum momentum control mm-hmm. where it's kind it of is. like semi swat like is what it sounds like weapons are powered up so i'm betting snipers are gonna body one shot kills and if so, I need to do that for my revoker. Yeah, that would be awesome. Got the headshots and medals. I just need to. I just need to kill two hundred fifty people with snipers, and I just don't want to commit to sniping a crucible. You know, in certain game types, it's not too bad, especially if you're going into yeah. the non-competitive scene where you're you don't really see as many snipers or as many shotgunners, for that matter. You see a lot of pe- more people doing um, experimental loadouts. Those are the those are the playlists to get into. Rumble's not too bad with it if you can get a good spot in the map before people will come and mark you. Yeah. yeah. How did you get into Lore Breezy? Like, what was your initial? Was it Halo? Was it a different franchise? Was it Destiny? What was the hook for you to get interested in lore? The hook. I want to say the hook was Halo. Mm-hmm. I've been a fan of Halo since 2010 when I actually played uh, I, I, I played Halo 1 on my friend's Xbox back in junior high a little bit mm-hmm. but I really got into it when uh, a bunch of people in my 10th grade computer science class actually were able to Google the Halo trial and actually got the uh, trial installed with Blood Gulch and the silent cartographer so we were all just like six, seven people in class were secretly playing on Blood Gulch <laughs> and I had Never really been a PC gamer, especially with shooters. So I started at the bottom of the roster, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I was pl- I was playing Halo in tenth grade, and then uh, my sister got an Xbox 360, and like 
December 31st, 2009 at like 10.30 at night, I actually signed up for the trial of Xbox Live Gold and started playing Halo 3 online. And then 2011, I got my first job, was able to buy my own Xbox and Live membership, and I uh, the rest is history. Nice. But yeah, the hook, Halo, definitely. Halo was interesting. It was nice knowing about like background stories that were going on. And then Mass Effect was a mm. bit more engaging in its lore with the Codex and just mm-hmm. knowing about all the uh, spatial relations before that had happened. And then oh, it, it just soared into new highs when Destiny came out, the cryptic hidden lore in the background, the Grimoire mm-hmm. cards. And I didn't even get into YouTubers like Bife until like a year and a half ago. Nice. And just exceptional content. And the story is so well executed, even though it's not perfect. Like Grimoire cards, they could have put that in the game back in Destiny 1. That would have, it would have been a little better to explain the lore more closely to the game engine itself. Mm-hmm. But of course, we all love, we all love debating Hive Apocrypha. Of course. Everything about the Vex, you know, who were the other three members of Caver's fire team before they were erased from existence? Because I'm betting they had a six-man fire team, but we just don't know about them in the records because the Oracle's deleted. Control-Alt-Delete, remove Guardians, forward slash, forward slash kind of thing, you know? Do you think they'll actually ever reveal that? I mean, now that we're kind of getting back into the Vex and everything. But... It would be cool because you know we reclaimed Pradeth. He was just a he was just a name and a gun. We're like, who's this Pradeth? And then it mm-hmm. actually comes out and Taken King. We remember the story mission. Ikora sends us back into the Vault of Glass because we're getting that signal, and we mm-hmm. actually hear this dead guardian's voice, and we recover him from like eternal deletion from the memories of everyone you loved, anyone else you could have cared about, even his ghost was found. Future war cult headers, you take it to Lakshmi, and she's like, hmm, this ghost has headers I would have needed to sign off on. I've never heard of this guardian. I've never seen this ghost. Well, that's because mm-hmm. he was deleted and you wouldn't know any better. It's stuff like that that oh, the Vex are probably my second, uh, I don't know if they're my favorite or second favorite topic of lore, but the Hive are just so freaking interesting with everything I've been reading lately. Oh, I have a yeah. newfound love for Hive reading the inquisition of the damned especially so much fun and i can't wait to talk about it more oh yeah for sure i bet this expansion itself shadow keep and season on the undying has just kind of been a, a bit of a heyday for you because you're getting all the stuff from the hive i love getting... black garden too oh yeah and we, uh, i actually really enjoy the vex offensive i know not every Me it's too. not everybody's kind of uh, cup of tea but being able to go in there and see the plants and the same plants that you see in some of the different uh, Lost Sectors, by the way. I don't know if anybody has picked up on that. There's a Lost Sector that... I haven't gotten through I'm... the Lost Sectors just yet. So. Oh my gosh, Blue. Hey, look, sure I'm, getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Slowly, slowly but surely. We'll get mm-hmm. him through. But uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, last question, kind of my go-to. What class is your primary class to play? Warlock, I knew from the E3 debut at like 2013 for Destiny mm-hmm. that I'm like, yeah, Warlock seems like my cup of tea. Played mm-hmm. it first, loved it, but I have one of each and I love switching back and forth. I'm actually on my Hunter as we speak, nice. working on her. But yeah, Warlock is definitely my main suit, my personality. It just resonated from the first moment I saw it in action. Nice. 
Is there a subclass you tend to gravitate towards more? Are you I, I used to roll Well of Radiance, but since it's been kind of kaput with the changes to its uh, Luna faction, mm -hmm. I've actually been running, I've run regular Dawnblade a fair amount. I most typically, I don't know, it's kind of a jumble. Okay, that's fair enough. I mean, I think the that Bungie recently has done a really good job of trying to incorporate other classes into... Uh, the gameplay a bit more this last season, especially because Arc Strider was dead for so many long, so many months. As far as a hunter goes, you really never saw too many people running it in Crucible or even, um, unless they were running Liar's Handshake. But this last yeah. season with Vex Offensive, there's actually the triumph. If you're going for the uh, seal, you have to get so many Arc Supers and melees and grenades as well as Void. So it's kind of bringing them out a little bit more, which is nice to see. Anyway, Blue, I'm going to toss it back to you in case we have any sort of special announcements. Uh, no, just a general warning to everybody that, as uh, as most people who listen to the show know, um, I mispronounce things. Apparently, I mispronounced Puget. I don't know. It's some Pacific Northwest thing. Screwball was kind enough to to help correct me though he was also gentle enough that he said that a lot of people mispronounce it so you know but just just a general psa if you've made it this far and haven't realized that i just mispronounce everything uh i, I mispronounce we, everything so i think yeah. we all have things that are a little bit more challenging to mispronounce I, what's the one that uh um dino always tries to correct us on uh i think namki was that the one that you're yeah. talking about Damchi. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's Namchi, but you know, don't tell him that. Uh, I think, but, <laughs> but, but uh, no. So, yeah, just just the just a big uh, thank you to Screwball, and then also we had uh, someone who wrote in and let me know that one of our links on our website was pointed at the wrong episode. Uh, so, thank you so much for that. And I I try, but sometimes I I do mess up. Uh, but yeah, so. Other than that, really, I don't. I don't really actually have much. Um, we can run through housekeeping notes, and then I will. I will toss it actually back over to you, Green, if you want to okay. kind of go through just a a cocktail knowledge conversation on the Inquisition of the Damned. I actually have a community question this week, Blue. Oh, you do. Okay, I do. Never mind. We're gonna do community question. Then we'll do housekeeping notes. Yep. So it was kind of a last minute thing, and is more of a in the in the in light of inquisition of the damned and kind of what you see partway through the cards i asked if there was a pit fight this is more of a fun one if there was a pit fight of major hive figures who would come out on top and i purposefully left out any of the major three i left out zavathun zivu and oryx on purpose and i listed crota hashladun omnigol and fogoth which Granted, they're not the most powerful, obviously. Crota may be up there, and Crota ended up winning with 66%. No shocker there. Um, some of the responses were kind of amusing as far as people being like, Oryx, 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 Oryx. Did I mention Oryx? So mm -hmm. my my kind of throw to you guys is if you could pick any hive to throw into a pit to fight each other. 
who would you think would come out on top? So I'm actually going to throw it to both you, Blue, and Breezy on your guys' thoughts on this for this week's question. So what are the qualifiers? The ones mentioned? Any, uh, any major hive figure, who would you think would come out on top in a pit fight? Not and including I'm... not including the royal family? You can you can include the royal family if you would like. Um, I would just like for you to defend it a little bit, as far as who you think would actually come out on top. And hmm. a lot of the arguments that I saw on Twitter had to do with the tithing line and who mm-hmm. has the most tithing, which obviously would mean they're Good the thought. more powerful one. But what were your guys' thoughts on that matter? How much time does Sabathon have to prepare her plan? It all hangs on that, if you ask me. That's fair. I mean, you think about Hash Ladoon and what we're going to see in the book and the um, the sisters, Hash Ladoon, Bashirith, uh, I can't even remember the other two at the, at the moment, uh, Kynox and Voishire. Yeah, there we go. Um, think about those four and how they saw the uh, uprising coming up they were still able to kind of maneuver their way around it. So Zavathun may need a, a bit of time. I don't know how how wily that, that witch is. Blue, what do you think? Who do you think would be up on top? Like, and it, this is this is a, like, straight-up pit fight? If we threw every hive major figure into a circle, circular ring... And they could fight in any way, shape, or form that they want to. Who do you think would come out on top? I mean, the obvious answer is Oryx. uh, Mm -hmm. Simply because history, you know, has kind of proven that to be the case. Uh, I mean, Zivu in a pit, and like in in a fisticuffs pit fight, I think Zivu would be probably a close second. Uh, just simply because so, she's referred to as the god of war. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, her high court is everywhere she makes war. Yeah, I mean, she, <laughs> and we have she yet is... to see that in action. We know how Oryx conducted his battle in Taken King when he came, how mm-hmm. he let people challenge him, how he let our six man fire team actually overtake him by his own logic with some with some tweaking in the light, as Tolan remarked twisting the light against him instead of fighting him exactly in the sword logic way. But I, I want to, I want to see Ziva Wrath more in person and hopefully we can kill her in a raid someday. I'm not counting on seeing Southton in a raid because she pretty much knows that she could lose to us directly. If we challenged her, you know, in a raid fashion, she Mm -hmm. knows how susceptible Oryx was. Mm -hmm. So trickery has been her tool. Of course, the dreaming city riven, the taken queen she's basically become in his name oh i'm scared of that woman i I hope something leads us to her though would be awesome like if the if the pyramid artifact actually ended up leading us to her ascendant realm oh gosh hey this is your this pleases us go go take your war to the queen of trickery you know and then she's just like, oh, darkness, that's not cool. Why are you doing this to me? Right. Like, that's the only way I could see us actually getting close to her. Because otherwise, mm-hmm. she's not going to give us a shot at it. There's no reason to. She wants that's to bring true. her brother back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's true. Uh, getting into the actual physical physicality in the pit fight, Zavathun would probably not be very good in a fight. But if she was able to manipulate others into 
accomplishing her her goals in any mm-hmm. way, shape, or form. That's I mean, that's how she works. She works at, as a secondary character in some respects that she will push somebody else to go do her bidding. Which brings me to a surprise uh, contender in my mind. A character we haven't heard of since D1. If the character would function in very much so the same way that Zavathun does, Taox might be somebody. Mm-hmm. But who oh, the however, mother, the however, traitor. the qualifier is, is you said Hive. I did. And technically, she's not part of the Hive. She's part of the Osmium Court. Right. I mean, but, I, and I think the other thing is, is too, like, that would assume that Tau or Teox or whoever is going to, because, I mean, like, like you kind of are tying it back into the Inquisition. Like, you see with the, the siblings of the swarm, with Malkanth and Akrazul mm-hmm. and Azavath, the the twisting of logic that they go through to undermine the, the daughters of Crota. Mm-hmm. Um and so, I don't know. Like, I, I still, I mean, like, in a in a, in a pit fight, I, I would argue that Oryx would be, Oryx as, as we understood him prior to our uh, severing of the, the uh, tithing, you know, tithing chain, uh, Oryx would have done it. Because that was the entire point of the War Priest. Right. The War Priest was there as a stopgap to only allow those who could defeat the war priest to pass. And, you know, then that was the whole thing. And so when we did that, that was all because we undermined the, the flow of tithing. Um, but in a straight, straight pit fight, I, I mean, pit fight, it would be really, I think it would really come down to the three siblings as it always has. And perhaps, within... but if Teox has been able to survive this whole time and granted, she's not, She's not tied to the worms. But you she's also not she's, she's not. also not a follower of the sword logic. No, but does sword logic sword logic is not unique to necessarily the hive. Other um races. Well, no, what I mean sorry, what I mean form it. Mm-hmm, right, right, right. Sorry. What I mean is like I just don't see her I, I would see her actively resisting participation in a pit fight. Because that's not how she's going to defeat them. Like, she showed that with the Ammonites. She shared a knowledge and she shared information with the intent right, she, to allow them to allow them to do the fighting. She function, functions like Zavathun. Like yeah, she, she fights by proxy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's interesting. Good. Right. good. Go for it. Makes me wonder what Teox's physiology is like to live as long as she has. If well, she's she, lived. Yeah, and I mean, she's also been in a cryopod for a while, too. Mm-hmm. That's right. I'm also, I'm very excited to see more of her in the future, hopefully. It'd be interesting if she was within our grasp and Fingers even was crossed. an ally, mm-hmm. at least to fulfill some ends of survival. That's Absolutely. another way I could see a weakness for Sabathun emerging, possibly is through Teox actually being so desperate as to seek light bearers of the Traveler. It would be definitely a, an interesting storyline to have to write or even perform or read or whoever is actually going down that thought line. Mm-hmm. Destiny 3 DLC, calling it. That would be nice. All right, Blue, I think that should wrap up our kind of community discussion before we get into the main topic. 
Cool. All right. So let's go through housekeeping notes and then we'll go right back to green. Last week, we discussed Ignisus. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to let us know by giving us a shout over on Twitter, leaving a comment on Podbean, or sending us a quick email at focusfirechat at gmail.com. Reviews or comments on where we can improve are always welcome. They let us know what we can do better to create a more enjoyable experience for everyone. To all who have sent feedback or left us a review, thank you. As many of you are aware, Focus Fire Chat is a community in which we offer the chance to dive into lore from within various titles and mediums, with a special focus on the Destiny universe. Every Friday, at about 10pm Central, the podcast team gets together to stream a summary of the chosen topic for that week. The hope for this is to help encourage dives into aspects of game lore within both our Discord server and within the other communities we share the digital world with. If you're a fan of lore in all its various forms, be sure to also check out thelorenetwork.com, a central hub for content that covers a wide variety of different titles and mediums. Our full show notes for each week's topics will be posted here, so for the additional information or guest details, be sure to check out the site. Next week's topic is going to be a coverage of the extra lore topic for October, No Man's Sky. That being said, however, we still want to hear your thoughts about this week's topic. Be sure to weigh in over on Discord, and don't be shy in tagging any of the team in the conversation. We can't wait to read what your thoughts are. But for now, let's get back to the show. Alright, so Inquisition of the Damned is a book that we received in Shadowkeep about... Basically, it's a, it's a story about the Hidden Swarm in many respects, and the Daughters of Crota. So. The Daughters of Crota and Omnigul, the the nightmares that we're currently taking out every once in a while whenever those those uh, nightmare strikes come up. Uh, we have four of them named. We have uh, Hashladun, who's the one we take out during the strike. We have Bishurith, who we take out during the... Uh, when we get the cryptoglyph. We have Velshire. And Kynox, and I don't believe we've actually faced those two yet. Um, correct me if I'm. I don't have record of their deaths, and I've looked for them. Neither do I. Yeah, I haven't. I don't remember seeing them yet, as far as us in game defeating them, which would be interesting. So that means we still have two at large at the moment. But it is the story of those four siblings, as well as kind of the children of the swarm. That is Malkanth, Akaz, and to okay. So Blue mentioned the we are not going to pronounce things correctly. Hive names are jerky. Um, much fun Ak- though. Yeah, Akrazul mm-hmm, and Azarath. Very, and then Zulmak, and then we had the congregation and the swarm. So those are kind of the major characters: uh, Malkanth, Akrazul, and Azarath are definitely more prominent in the book than Zulmak necessarily. Zulmak is kind of the catalyst in many respects to the current champion. But I am going to ask Breezy here, how would you describe this book to somebody who may not have ever known anything about the hive like if you're going to describe the hive and this book in particular how would you do it this book was very interesting to me i actually only really read the whole thing this week but i would describe it as first i would like ask them do you know anything about the 
the pecking order, the totem pole of the hive generally at all. Have you heard about, you know, orcs, this ties, yada, yada. But this is basically a coup attempt to the hive way of powering themselves up, essentially. That's how I would describe it. And these three siblings, the children of the swarm, are trying to contend with the sword logic, which is the way that life is dying unless you fight it and you fight everything else to get on top of that and i've never thought of them looking for another solution to power or living eternally or in eternal places until i read this book and i had such a blast with it i can't wait to dig into it more but Mm -hmm. yeah short version uh this is basically three people trying to stage a coup on the rest of the hive and you mentioned sword logic do you want to give a shot at kind of describing what sword logic is as far as the importance of it in the hive and how orcs and um, orcs in particular is a very big champion of it. And obviously all the hive kind of follow this sword logic in general, but how would you describe sword logic to somebody? Yeah. So imagine yourself as a human seeking a longer lifespan and uh well just as oryx and his siblings did when they were arash sathona and zivorath yes they actually just outlived their 10-year lifespan as the krill they sought uh, ancient machines from washed up ancient worlds because they have what 11 moons 31 moons around their planet mm-hmm. they actually take a deep dive into their planet with this needle-like ship and they found gr- one great leviathan under the ocean far under the ocean that warned them to turn away but at the core surprisingly they find pretty much dragons not like mythical european dragons because they're shapeshifters but these things allowed them it kind of rewarded them for their seeking and just imagine that you're going to take the advice of these wise ancient things to feed a parasite that will make you stronger as you feed it. And you have to stack up on the feeding pretty much eternally or it'll consume you. Kind of sounds satanic and devious as all heck, mm-hmm. but it's a way to also there was a revenge element or his and her siblings sought to kill a traitor in their family essentially and they were willing to do anything their commitment to their revenge what they considered justice and true was what led them down this path and their worm covenant with these worms gave them the the stepping stool to become something far far greater and they certainly have the sword logic is that covenant manifest the only way to feed your worm and grow and not die is to kill mm-hmm. and it's found in nature they describe it beautifully it's found in nature all living things die the death is the order of the universe to face that down you you can't just be a simple organic creature you know, carbon, hydrogen, all these other things. To be something more, you have to embrace something more. And these worms, I believe they were actually Ahamkara, these dragons that grant wishes, mm-hmm. were the they were the source of this worm covenant. And yeah, sounds like a great way, but again, they were committed to the cause. 
Right. And the thing to keep in mind with the the this whole uh the worm god worm pact and everything like that, um, I wish we would have more clarification on whether or not they were quote unquote wish dragons or ahamkara type creatures or related to them. We we haven't gotten that yet, I don't I don't believe. And so Bife seems to think so. I know. Bife is Sorry, Bife? sorry. Chat's giving okay. me grief because of a mispronunciation I made a long time ago. I referred to them as the work gods. Oh, really? Yeah. And so we're well, talking in chat. Like we're really talking hard, in so. chat. That's true. The work gods, demonic Avon marketing plan. No pink cotton, no pink car involved. You know what, though? I mean, kind of a pyramid scheme. It's not too far off of how the tithing system works. Destiny adds new meaning to the term pyramid scheme. Right? Oh. Right? Oh, um, the creepiest scheme. And the Sorry, I wasn't, I wasn't laughing at the Bife comment. I was laughing at, at Dancing no, and, and Dislute and Screwball and Chat. To, uh, to continue on a little bit, the three sisters, Zyro... Arash and uh, Sathona are they take on a new identity they take on their new selves after the worm pact right they're taking on um, a new gender in Arash's case right and they're all addressed as sisters and then Arash became Oryx and then was addressed as a him as Taken King when Oryx as we knew him emerges anyways Zivu or Wrath would also technically tran- um, uh, not, necess- not necessarily. We are, don't know if knights are, are knights male or female. Considering male, mm-hmm. okay. I don't. I don't th- because we have. Uh, I don't. I don't think there's ever been a a you like clarification. Clarification. Like most of the most of the name knights that we do have are male, but there are a few knights that the gender like they're. It's just not clear. Uh, it's not that to say yes or no but i have noticed that with the knights in particular uh there does seem to be some disparity and yeah and dancing veru is making the call out too that zivu was continued to be referred to as she okay good to know but yeah i i actually thought the same thing um but then when i was looking back over a couple of the other ascendant hive uh named figures the ones mm-hmm. that we do know are knights they actually they they a lot of them are not called out and so it's like and there's really i would have to i would actually defer to i think it's dark angel who did the dive into hive uh etymology mm-hmm. um as far as the naming conventions uh for male female uh naming convention structures nice she does some really great work. Um, NASA scientist, too, if I mm-hmm. remember correctly. Yes. But we talked about sword logic, and we are talking about the coup that takes place in this book. What would you... Do they ever actually... I'm trying to remember if they describe what their logic is. It Or is it mainly that they're striving to not... Is it the logic of the swarm? Are they striving to not be a part of the sword logic? What N- what are we considering this to be? So you're talking about Malacanth, mm-hmm. the deceiver. Uh, they mm-hmm. are actually seeking to undermine the understanding of sword logic. They Did actually... They name it? No, 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 no. prove no. a lie. It's tr- they're trying to prove that sword logic is not not all that there is. There's no, they aren't trying to prove a logic. They're trying to disprove 
sword logic. And they are trying to do that in order to, quote unquote, free the swarm from the it, it's basically I'm going to get so much flack for doing this, but it's this basically is what the Inquisition means to right, the word Inquisition it, is a reassessing, essentially, or questioning. It's like, like a Spanish it's, Inquisition, it's, which was one well, unexpected, and two, it was always unexpected. <laughs> no one expects the Spanish Inquisition. Ding! Nobody expects. The Inquisition oh my gosh! The... Love that skip. Okay. Um, I had to get that out of my system. But, uh, but the other thing too is that it is kind of a manifest manifesto against the oligarchy of the royal family, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's, that's actually where Malkanth and her sister and brother actually derive a lot of their hatred or direct most of their hatred is towards the congregation and the sisters of, uh, or the daughters of Crota. Um, if you like, if you, I think it's like the first couple of books, um, it's like they, they are very, very much against the established royal family of Crota and Oryx, which mm-hmm. is what makes the end, which makes the ending a little bit also really interesting for me. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I don't, I never took it as they're trying to establish a new logic. They're trying to disprove the existing slavery to uh, the sword logic because they see it as a, a form of, it, it kind of feels like they see it as a form of enslavement, which it, I mean, it kind of is. I mean, they're enslaved to the worms and yes. on top of it too. Well, and because of the respects, tithing, the because tithing of the, scene, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, yeah, because of the tithing uh, lines, the way that they're established, there's really no, I mean, it's, it's basically a, a, uh, a low, low named in a mid level or a, what is it? Mid level, mid, mid level marketing scheme. It's a pyramid scheme. It's basically someone at the bottom of the pyramid going, hang on a second, and mm-hmm. they're fighting against the system, and they're already trapped. Mm-hmm. It's uh, so, it's it's uh, rage against the machine, but in high form. That would be the best. They already have the death metal. Ever. They already they already have the death metal. I know. That's what they're I'm saying. In the name of yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I cannot wait till we get to those. Someone. Cards. Someone Just needs. Saying. Someone needs to get Grindhead Jim on this stat. <laughs> right. Um, okay, so we have the the first couple of cards. We have the idea of breaking free of this sword logic, breaking free of the logic that we're we're um, the hive. The hive are kind of locked into in the plan coming together. Then they move into um, kind of, if I remember correctly, it goes to the sisters, and then it kind of goes back to the the malcanth and all of them and the weird experiment that they do slash um mm-hmm. frankensteining that happens so, yeah and i have i have a couple of interesting comments to make when we get there too because there's there's a i don't know i i see that there is a uh there's an interesting parallel in the quote-unquote abomination that malcanth creates and the quote-unquote abominable science that nocris is exiled for mm-hmm the uh, um the death science whatnot well it's just to me it, what i mean by that is that it's an interesting um it's an interesting degree of hypocrisy because 
the same thing that Nokris is getting in trouble for. The siblings were notorious for testing. Mm-hmm. Well, the same thing that Malkanth is getting is referring to as forbidden is arguably what Savathun and even the Worm Gods did by creating and unmaking. Okay. So, summarizing the book a little bit, we have Malkant, Akrazul, Azeroth, upset, frustrated, fighting, trying to figure out a different way out of the sword logic loop that they're stuck in. Then you see um, some of the sisters, Hashledu and Beshareth, their Vashire and Kynox. Also, you see a, a mention of them also questioning or having reason to doubt the logic. Then we get to the character Zulmak, which is the champion of the pit. So the hidden swarm is just this massive hive, and they are pit fighting right now, essentially, to gain more power. And Zulmak is the champion and the one that they think that can actually do it as far as gaining the lead essentially you prove proven by might of arms and the pit itself and we see his fight or their fight i'm i'm pretty sure it's considered a he's considered a male in this then we see malkanth akrazul and azrath go into the idea of changing doing the unmaking themselves and then we get to my favorite part talking about the song. <laughs> Mine too. Right? So, so cool. Mm-hmm. Jinx. So right? I was practically like squirming in my seat at how awesome it was, and I was terrified too, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Terrifying and amazing and interesting implications tied from this book to also a book that's being slowly revealed to us. Um all Paris sorts of good book. stuff. Uh, the Unveiling. The Book of the Unveiling. Right. So, yeah. So the Song of Life, we learn kind of sort of more about the history of the Death Song and how that works through that. And towards the end, we kind of see the result of the coup or the the, the terrible... Um, Climax. Yeah. Just everything falls apart. And the sisters, um, Hashladun, Bishareth, Bashire, and Kynox... Basically, uh, take advantage. They just, yeah, as you do when you are devious, devious. I would call her call them witchy women, but it's a little <laughs> bit too on the head. Um, yeah, and it does them good credit too. It does. I love watching their scheme unfold. Right. And is it weird that I was actually kind of rooting for these guys? Really, the rooting for Malkanth or rooting for Hashladun and them. Malkanth, the the one staging the coup, the ones trying to change things up. I'm just thinking, ah, oh, do this, pull this off. I want to see how you guys do this. I want to see what kind of challenges you bring to us in the next mm-hmm. raid. Man, that would be interesting because the whole experiment slash um, weird ritual that happens to put. Is it Azeranth and Akrazul, or is it mm-hmm. Akrazul and Asheranth? I can't remember which one's inside of which other. Oh, it's which basically one? Yeah. reverse do Russian dolls. You're putting them inside Azeroth of each other. Was put and... into Akrazul. Yeah. Uh, Azavath yeah. is unmade, and Akrazul, Akrazul is embedded inside of Azavath. Azavath was which... the fledgling death singer, and Ak- 
uh, Akrazul was actually a uh, collateral, piece of collateral damage from the Taken War. Um, his right. his name, uh, the the Severed Knight, was actually because we cut or one of the Guardians cut off his arm. Okay. Anyway, I don't have too much else when it comes to like doing a super introduction of this because everything else I want to talk about is going to be way more in depth. Do we have anything else that we would want to talk about to give people a background knowledge of what's going on in this book if they have no former knowledge? Because we've talked about the siblings. We've talked about like orcs and Zavathun and Zivu and sword logic. We've talked about um, Crota's daughters. And a little bit about the actual story in the book. Is there anything um, we want to do to kind of wrap this guy up? A little bit more up? on the the chain of command for sure. the sword logic. I think it's good to note to note. Excuse me, I can English. I promise. Good to note that the way the hive grow is by killing one another typically or feeding on tribute basically it's organic like consumption of protein you know things that make you grow in muscle mass and all that and you know you can't just put on the weight you have to exercise so that it's muscle they mm-hmm. do that by feasting typically upon light and other interesting energy sources that sustain them and they also get that strength of their worm feeding by contending with one another they claw over the tops of each other to grow it's what oryx did it's what crota did to become as great as he was and eventually if you become great enough your power can extend into a realm separate from typical physical reality where if you die in it in our world as crota was vanquished once upon a time he had an ascendant realm to fall back to that you can't reach with a starship or conventional means. So mm-hmm. we passed through the keyhole into his realm deep beneath the hellmouth of the moon, and we contended with him, according to the sword logic, in his own domain, somewhere where his complete soul was vulnerable to destruction, which is what happened in the second raid of Destiny 1, Crota's End. So basically, I, I think I covered most of that pretty well. You guys have anything to add to the sword logic chain in general not to the sword lock change um the other thing that was noticeable to me was the um <clears throat> the repeated reference to as be- as above so below um it's, it's backwards is it is it so so or uh, as below so as above below, so above right which i find incredibly incredibly interesting right do you want to do you think that would be something to discuss here? Or do you think we should do that in the advanced episode? I think we should talk about it more in an advanced episode because okay. it has to do with the concept of um, gosh, sacred, dang it, no, sacred just, geometry and hermeticism, yeah, mostly. Hermeticism, um, mm. just the idea of having something being focused on in one location would affect the larger scale is what it normally is kind of thing. Mm. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was just going to say, because I, th- I know that was a, a rather large component of the structure, especially. So, Especially after the first four or five books, where it just intros each of the main players of the coup and their, mm-hmm. and their ramblings, what they detest, 
and as above as below basic version is the as above is the people up in the scarlet keep you know the barador looking tower from lord of the rings and that's where hashladun is and she kind of looks down in condescension on the pit and those who are below her and we can you know delve into that the advanced but that's that's what i took it as on the on the base level in my first mm-hmm. read through mm-hmm. yeah. yep literal mm-hmm. elevation <laughs> yeah for sure blue all right so let's do let's do a quick round of shout outs for the intros and then we'll get into the advanced session. Uh, so Breezy, what what shout outs do you have for us for the intro session? Like Destiny Community or anyone? Anyone, <laughs> anyone. Uh I I don't think I'd be here in this position today if it weren't for the Halo Collective YouTube channel that uh that got me into, you know, doing content within the community, especially on YouTube. And I, I'm grateful to them for also being good friends. They're the like they're the only Facebook chat bubble I'm consistently on with throughout the day. They're pretty much my closest friends. And shout outs to the Halo Collective for them. Go subscribe to them on YouTube if you can, because we could use a little bit of boost for our subscriber count. <laughs> yeah, keep definitely. an eye out for our uh, for our uh, general gaming channel in December. We're definitely looking forward to seeing how that launches. But all my thanks to them, and of course the inspiration of uh getting into lore itself i'm actually delving more into lore because of people like my name is by bearded grizzly our resident lore masters in this destiny community thanks to all the artists and content creators who also helped me be inspired to do art i'm working on art on my laptop like every day now before nice. i get on my work shift i i've had a hard time committing to art projects and this year is the first year i've actually gotten a big art project done because everything else just fell through. So those are my shout-outs. Halo Collective on uh, Twitter, at Halo underscore Collective, and all of our partners and friends there, and of course on YouTube. Cool. Cool. Green, what about you? Uh, My shout-out is mainly a big thank you to you, Breezy, for coming on with us and for being like really just an awesome knowledgeable guest it's it's really nice to be able to have somebody who can talk as in depth about it which we're gonna see in the advanced episode absolutely for sure i'm and i'm i'm just excited to have you on here so thank you for joining us on this podcast i am very grateful to be on here and thank you very much yeah blue I just, uh, i mean just yeah i i think you kind of covered it so uh as usual goodbye With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.